like him a lot, but you know, I don't know that it's worth that. So. <laughs> Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, I just want to jump in really quick here before the episode starts and apologize for the sound quality on my end. I record in a room with a wood floor and recently moved all of the other furniture out. So there's a bit of reverb on my channel and I apologize for that. Just bear with me. Um, it's not too, too bad and you get used to it after a little bit, but we do try to have really, really good sound quality when we're recording these things. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case on my end. So on with the show. Okay, welcome to episode two. So I was thinking about this, and uh, we just doubled our episodes. Wow. So we're flying. It's amazing how much progress you can make at the beginning. I know, right? <laughs> this is going to be great. It's going to oh, be yeah. exponential for a few weeks. It's the best. It's like going to the gym for the first time in a couple months. It's just like you're throwing on weight time and time again before you hit that plateau. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How have you been, John? Oh man, things have been absolutely crazy. So listeners don't know, but it's been a few weeks since we recorded episode one. And I have been down to Georgia and back. We moved my daughter in down there. She got a house. My son came home from college. Finally, we packed his stuff up. He was home for a week and he just this morning left in a U-Haul headed to Boston. He starts just a new job in a couple weeks and is getting married in June. So far, that wedding is still on. We'll see how okay. uh, COVID plays into that. But And then he graduated college too. That was in there. So we had a small gathering, but had a big Zoom graduation party. Hmm, and it cool. has just been absolutely crazy, super crazy. And that's why uh, I haven't really been able to record at all. Like, what have you been up to? I know you guys had some storms and things. Yeah, it's, you know, it's May, but the the april showers did not stop we've had crazy weather here just storm after storm and so like there's been a lot of cleanup with that kind of late nights into that kind of my secondary hobby of volunteering with a local fire department we just constantly are cleaning up trees that are going down i don't know what it is about this area but trees just don't stay up uh, so we've had a, a lot of mm. that and then i mean even just yesterday i took my dog out on a walk after lunch and out in the distance we saw a couple funnel clouds out oh my goodness. Uh, on the hills. So it's just been wild weather. It's raining again right now. So that's kind of been all it is down here is just constant rain. Oh, wow. It's actually kind of nice up here and really funny. So when I was in Georgia, I actually looked to see how close I was to you. So I was still seven hours away from you. And then it was okay. still 10. It was 10 hours from you back home. And so that would have been a 17 hour drive versus oh. about a 10 or 11 hour drive. I was like, ah, I like him a lot, but you know, I don't know that it's worth <laughs> that. So, and it would have been a total last minute. Hey man, you want some company later? Right, right. Closer. That would have been a rough drive. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of hours. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about context. Good stuff. Have you gotten the opportunity to use it in any apps? Um, I have not. I'm not in React okay. Native day-to-day -day, sort of like you are but context looks really really amazing so why mm -hmm. don't you give us a quick rundown yeah so context basically gives us like a, the ability to share state in some sort of global way not exactly but it's it's a means to basically pull your state independent of a component or 
a variety of components. And rather than having to do what's called like prop drilling, which is passing data down through intermediate components to share this data um, and continue to get those different benefits you get of the React state updating and the UI changing. As a result of that, you can basically use context to pull that data away from an individual component and store it at a high, higher level so you can easily access it without, as I said, doing that prop drilling of having to just pass it through a ton of intermediate components. Yeah, that prop drilling gets pretty nasty because you need to keep track of those. And if anything changes, you need to, yeah, it's just, it's nightmarish. Uh, when I was looking mm -hmm. at this, uh, I, I read some articles about it. I read the docs. It looks like while it's global and allows you to access those properties from different components, it does make your components more difficult to reuse. So right now, if you're doing a bunch of prop drilling, um, you could potentially, well, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's about the same. What do you think? If you're accessing context from a component and then you want to use that component in another project, I guess it would need to be able to have those properties as well. I'm not saying this very well. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. So with context, there's two pieces of it. You've got your provider, which provides the the values that you want to access or the data you want to access. And then you've got your consumer. So basically, whenever you're using a context consumer, you're going to need to have a provider somewhere in the parent tree, ideally as close as possible, but it needs to be somewhere above it. It can be all the way at the root of the app or one component above it. So that is a consideration. Whenever you're using context in an app or in a component, it needs to have some sort of provider above it to provide a value from which you can actually access. So if you're using something like, I think it's React Native Safe Area Context or React Navigation, those things all are leveraging context, which is why you have a navigation container or a safe area provider above it. And when you use those third-party libraries, you need to make sure you add those in there in order to provide that context uh, that your packages are using kind of further down the line. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. So you would just, if you were building a component that was going to use context, it's just now a context component. You're just going to need to have context installed and set up with those providers uh, in your new app whenever you would use this again. Exactly. It just needs, yeah, yeah it needs those values. Um, to kind of fill it in. It's like setting a, a default value in your state. It's the same thing. You just, you're doing it independent of the component itself. Okay. Yeah. It looks um, pretty easy to set up actually when uh, compared to like Redux, you know, or something like that. And I've been packing state, like my state object is so huge in my conference app. And this is going to be actually really nice to use because I won't have to pass down this giant blob you know, through all of my components to access a list. Right, yeah, and like that's a great point. With context, the, like we were saying, there's overhead involved with it. Whenever you add something new in, there's going to be overhead involved with it. And it makes you know, reusing components, I don't want to say more difficult, but there's more considerations involved. It definitely makes writing tests for a component more difficult because then you need to mock that context provider in your tests. But when you see yourself starting to pass some data down via props, maybe two or three levels deep, or you're passing it to a lot of different places that are kind of independent of each other in the tree, that's when you're going to want to start looking at using context. Like the example I always like to use, and this is where I always use context the first place in any app that I'm building, is anything related to your user authentication state. So if there's a 
user session token or something you need to pass, like an API token to go along with any requests. That's going to be a great point to put that in context because that's something kind of global or even just tracking as a user logged in or are they not. That's a pretty global property that's going to have an effect on a lot of different things downstream of where you're tracking that data. So rather than having to pass, you know, user is logged in from the root app.js all the way down to your settings screen, which could be in a drawer nested inside a, a tab navigator nested inside of a stack or whatever it may be, rather than having to pass it down through all of those components, which then makes your app more brittle because if you want to change where your settings screen is, then you need to change where all those props are passing and all of that. You can start storing that in context so that you're storing it, that user is logged in at the root level, and then you're just saying, use the user auth context from your settings screen. And basically, so long as that settings screen lives below the user auth provider context, you can move that around independently. And it makes uh, making any changes to your application easier because that state and data is kind of stored almost like in its own little tree that the settings screen can then grab from rather than just passing it down through props. And while you were saying that, I was thinking context is also reactive, right? So if if you have a child or a grandchild component, if you want to think of it that way, mm -hmm. you can change a value in context and have a component somewhere else in your app change. It's just like changing state. You can have those interactive things happen. You don't have to bubble up props. You don't have to hack your state at various levels to get things to uh, become reactive. Yeah, exactly. Now maybe I'm hacking state because I'm a newbie and still, you know, trying to learn best practices and whatnot. But um, I know looking at how I had done things in the past versus how I would do them with context, it's just so much easier with context. Like everything we've talked about, I mean, obviously this is only episode two, but React navigation makes things so much easier and context makes things so much easier that like these React Native developers have no idea how good they have it right now compared to just last year or two years ago. I mean, things are just keep getting better and better. This is so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you mentioned was just like, you know, packing this, your state full in your app. And like, I don't think that's a bad thing because context, it works great, but it's not needed super often. Like I much rather start with just like a ridiculous amount of state I'm tracking. You know, maybe I'm breaking that up into different state objects. If you're using hooks in your project, uh, you can put that in different like effects or whatever they may be, or custom hooks, custom hooks rather. But eventually you get to a point where you're writing your app and you're like, this just doesn't feel right. There's something that just feels wrong. And I feel like that's that point where you're like, okay, let's start looking for an alternative. And in this case, the alternative is going to be context to store that. Uh, in the past, you might have used Redux, and Redux is still a great option. It's based on context. It's basically just an abstraction on top of it that provides a bunch of awesome stuff. Redux is another option you could use for global state, or there's MobX. I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones, but those are just kind of the, the top of mind ones. So whenever you're kind of hitting that point where you're like, ah, this is a lot of state, like I'm having to pass this down a lot, and it just, I don't know, I've had times when I'm writing software like, as I'm doing something, it just doesn't feel right. That's that point. If there's something that doesn't feel right with your state, 
or the way you're passing or managing state, that's the point where I'm like, okay, what's what's a, another solution I can use to manage that state more easily? So you mentioned Redux and MobX. So I was doing something in my app. I actually use, um, it's called PouchDB with a P. And okay. that hooks to a CouchDB database on a server. Basically, what I would do is my PouchDB in my app would sync with the server, you know, the server data, and then I would load all that into state and pass it around. And occasionally, I would have a component that would read straight from the database. But for the most part, I was orchestrating my state in a way that you could use the app, and it was it just felt kind of clunky in reading about context, you could use maybe local storage or active, I guess local storage would be browser. Um, active state, no, active crud, what's it called? Active store? Uh, local storage? Local storage. I was close. No, I said, yeah. <laughs> is that on the app or is that just in a browser, local storage? Local storage is in the browser and then in React Native, it's async storage. Async storage, thank you. That's, that's the word I couldn't remember. Wow, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could, you could store things in async storage and then flip to another component and load it back out. So there's a couple other janky ways you could do this, depending on the type of data that you need to pass around. Mm -hmm. It's just that context just feels so elegant compared to the different types of things that I've tried in the past. Yeah. I mean, so I've used, I've used a combination of that and I, I, I'm actively using a combination of that right now, but the way that I like to use context is. So when you use, you know, react.createContext, that's how you initially create your context provider and your context consumer. I like to build an abstraction on top or another component on top of the provider in which I'm actually tracking state and then I pass that down via the value. But something I've done that's worked really well following that is basically because I've got all that state management happening in that provider component I'm creating, I can then basically whenever something changes, like the user logged in state, I can then go and write that to async storage immediately. Whenever the app launches, I'm then reading from async storage, which is, you know, you can put a JSON object in there as a string. I'll go parse that into a JSON object again, and then I'll like rehydrate the context state that I'm actually passing down from async storage. So by using context, it's nice because you've got the reactivity we've talked about that's so great about React. But then you can kind of build this superset on top of it where you integrate with your async storage, your PouchDB, RealmDB, whatever it may be, to then kind of initially save and rehydrate that data and then just drop it right into context. And then it's just kind of like using a normal React app or React Native app with normal state. And you just don't have to worry about kind of like what is that implementation of how it's working uh, behind the scenes. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So one thing I just learned from that is that I have a huge case of imposter syndrome because everything I do, I don't feel like I'm doing the right way. And hearing you mention these little things, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of did that. Okay. Yeah. That's not so bad. Yeah. So maybe I'm not uh, as newbie as I think I am, <laughs> or at least, at least I know the best practices. If it gets the job done, I'm going to say that's the right way to do it. Oh, okay. All right. I like that. I'll subscribe to that. <laughs> Because I've written some garbage code in the past. It may not be the easiest to maintain or whatever, but hey, yeah. it gets the job done. It's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Thinking about context, um, 
context is awesome because you know it it's part of react and obviously react native is built on top of react it's using the same engine that kind of like diffs things and manages your state and managing up manages updating stuff you know we're just writing native components in the end versus dom element context is awesome because it it's part of react we don't have to do anything special to get it so long as you're like on react 16 8 or whatever it's been out for year and a half, two years in its current form. But it's not the only option. Before we mentioned Redux and MobX, and times you're gonna wanna look at something like a Redux or a MobX is basically, especially Redux, and I, I can't speak to MobX because I've never used it in production before, but if you look at Redux, there's just a huge community and obviously it's been around a long time, so there's a lot of stuff built on top of it. I've used packages that allow for like my app to basically completely work offline by just plugging a packet in, or a package into the default Redux setup, and it just works for me. When you're looking at these different global state solutions, um, it's kind of just a, what is it you want? I tend to like simplicity and minimal packages, so I will reach for the more raw user or developer experience that is context because it's already built in. But if you want some like really fancy, cool stuff like working with offline, or just like getting things to work out of the box. Maybe Redux is there. Another benefit of Redux is like there's a defined way. You've got your actions, your action creators, you've got your reducers, all this stuff. And some of that's carried over to context. But with something like Redux, it's just documentation that says this is how you do it. This is the way, right way to do it. And I know like for a lot of people, that's that's a really nice thing to do. It's just like read the docs. This is how I do it. If it's not working, then you know, it's not necessarily a problem in my app. Maybe it's a bug with this library. Um, so context isn't the only solution out there, but it is kind of like the most um, pure or raw version of global state management in React and React Native. Yeah, I've never used uh, Redux. Do you have a, a tutorial out there on React Native School? Not on, Redux or anything? well, there might be stuff from way back in the day in React Native School that I've transferred over, but I haven't used Redux really in year and a half, two years, I'd say. Um, but I used to use it all the time to do everything to the extent where like I was overusing Redux and not using component state. And that was an issue I saw a lot of people doing. In my book, component state is going to be your best option. Manage the state right next to the, the components that are actually using it or the, the UI elements that are using it. That's always going to be your best option. But I was getting to the point where Redux was so convenient, so nice. I was storing everything in there. So with that, and then obviously with context, so context changed in the past few years and it made it a lot easier to use from just a normal developer's perspective. So th that's the point where I started to like move over to context was once this new API came out and me realizing like, you know, I'm not writing a React or React Native app anymore. I'm writing a Redux first app and building everything around it. But that's a long-winded roundabout way to say, yes, I do have some context content on React Native School regarding Redux. It's just all uh, dated because I haven't used Redux in a while. So I guess much in the way we talked with React Navigation and that compatibility layer that you can add, uh, you're just adding complexity. So unless you're, what am I trying to say? So context is going to be a simpler way to manage these values right? until your app needs something more complex like yeah, Redux. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, Honestly, like I've, I've built some decently complex stuff using just context and async storage, and it's worked well. You know, I don't want to 
knock on Redux because it's a great library maintained by great people. Sure. But unless you're already using Redux in your app, I'd say I don't know that there's necessarily a strong reason to reach for it before you start using context. Maybe it's a case of, you know, you go from component state, you're writing stuff, it just starts to not feel right. So you move to React context, write stuff, and then it starts to just not feel right. Maybe that's the point where I'm like, okay, maybe I'll start reaching for Redux where there's a little bit more overhead in writing that code, but it provides solutions X, Y, and Z, which makes writing my code easier. Yeah, so you mentioned that context is, or sorry, Redux is an abstraction over context. So if you would move from context and start using Redux, is there a lot of extra things you need to build? Is there a lot of changes down to your components, that sort of thing? I don't think there's going to be I mean, a it's lot. Not a plug and play replacement. Right, top, exactly. Yeah, it's not going to be plug and play. Um, there's differences in the way you write code, but you know, it, maybe if you're familiar with Redux, you can start writing your context code in a similar way to say, okay, maybe in the future I'll have to use Redux. So let's start writing my code in a similar sort of API to make that transition easier. Oh, interesting. With that okay. said, though, like you can use the two side by side. You can use context along with Redux. You can use component state along with context. You can use these different combinations um, because they're going to be storing their data in their own like independent alleyways or their trees. Like Redux will have its context where it manages stuff. Your component state or your component state will be in its component. And then you know when you create that React context in your app, that's its own. Thing. So you can use, you can basically start with component state, move to context where you need it. And then if context isn't working out, you can use Redux in just where you need it without having to go and change everything beforehand. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. Lots of options. Yeah. Lots of options. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much it on context. Um, it's, it's a powerful tool. It's a little bit different to use than component state. It's a more advanced thing. So like I've said, a bunch of times now at this point until state component state starts feeling wrong or like you're kind of fighting yourself writing code i would say hold back on context but once you do start hitting those points go ahead start reading those that documentation for context as always react react native documentation is amazing so like that's always going to be my first place to start learning things but then there's also a bunch of other good options and we'll have links to those down below um, in the show notes but documentation. Wes Boss, as always, has fantastic uh, tutorials out there. He's got a free context video on YouTube that you can watch. Um, I've got a short little class on React Native School if you want to read my perspective. It's just rehash of context in, or the React documentation of context, but a definitive like React Native example uh, that, that I'm using it in. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I did see the, I did watch the West Boss video. I read through the context docs, the React Native ones, and then uh, I'll have to check out your tutorial there. I didn't know you did one of those. Yeah, it's, it's a quick, quick, fun one, hopefully. <laughs> All right. So next episode, we have Flipper. Yeah, Flipper's been uh, a fun tool to use, and like, I'm excited to, I've kind of been preaching it in the React Native school community a little bit. Um, it's, it really like improves the React Native debugging game. Again, it's a, a built-in thing now, so it's cool. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I did see um, a couple people using it in the in the Slack community. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
So make sure to tune in in the next episode where we talk about that. All right. Till next time. See you guys. See ya. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.